away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. As far as the Panthers are concerned, we're in a little bit of a break in the schedule, but plenty of action taking place, plenty of things to talk about. Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive here with you on Territory Talk, as always, to discuss all the matters surrounding the Florida Panthers. Of course, coming off the All-Star break, a lot of fun out there in Las Vegas, a lot of great festivities, great events that we were able to keep an eye on. And well, the next time there's an NHL All-Star game, it's going to be in South Florida. So that big announcement coming out of the weekend. We'll talk more about that coming up here in just a few moments. Friend of the program, Pete Jensen, is going to be stopping by a little bit later on. We'll discuss all things NHL and Panthers with him. We've had some Panthers news and notes, some recognition heading Mason Marchment's way to talk about, uh, a Panthers signing to discuss a little bit later on. We don't really have a prediction segment to get to, Jamison Olive, unless you want to modify that between now and when we get to the prediction segment. But uh, it's been an eventful week, as eventful as a week could be when the Panthers aren't on the ice playing games. Yeah, no, this was going to be a sleepy week, and now we got all this stuff going on. We're actually recording this on Monday, because I'm going to be at Harry Potter World on Wednesday. First vacation since the season started. Can't wait to get some butterbeer. That's going to be a great time. If you're there, if you're listening to this right now, I and you're in Orlando, I'm there. Come find me at Harry Potter. Send Harry my best. I'm around. I will. You go by Harold. Is Harold, that his full Harold name? Potter. Okay. Yes, I'll let him know you're doing well. But yeah, so um, uh, already a lot going on in Pantherland. Uh, like you said, uh, a good signing we'll get to a little bit later that I liked a lot. Uh, Mason Marchman getting the recognition. We'll talk uh, to Pete Jensen about that as well. He's big on Mason Marchman these days. Uh, before the six point game, Pete Jensen was in on Mason Marchman. So yeah, I think you have to specify na- that now with Mason Marchman. Whether someone was you know in on Marchy before or after the six point game, and it's the, it's the before six point game guys that we want to talk to. The early adopters of Mason Marchman that we believe in. Um, but it's like the people who liked. Avengers Sevenfold before Nightmare. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you can do that for a lot of things, yeah. whether it's actors, movies, musicians. So Mason Marchman's his his before and after is the six point game. Well, he's established that point now. But um, before we get to any of that, Doug, the All Star Game. I know you said it's coming here next year. That's going to be a good time. People come down, hang, party with Doug and I. It's going to be going to be a great show here in South Florida. Always is. And the good thing is because of that, the Panthers are going to have more than one All Star because the host team already like always does. He's probably going to have three or four uh, this year. They deserve more than one All Star, but they only got one. Jonathan Huberto. But that being said, Doug, I think Hubie, looking back at the game itself, before we get to anything else, I think Hubie was the MVP of the Atlantic Division. He was the only guy that seemed to really be giving it his all out there for the Atlantic team. And I think he, he spent most of the game with Victor Hedman and Austin Matthews. And I, I felt watching that the whole time. He was like, man, I'd rather have Barky and Eck out here than these guys right now because I want to win this game. I want this million bucks. But of course, knocked out in the first game. But for Hubie, a goal and an assist. Uh, looked like he was having a lot of fun out there, really repped the Panthers well, uh, repped the shield. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as an all-star performance goes, the, the performance was great, but it also seemed like so many people were talking to Hubie about just how good the Panthers he are. He was getting headlines, for yes. sure. Not he, just because he's leading the league in scoring, but because he's leading the league in scoring on possibly the best team in the NHL as well. Yeah, a lot of people wanted to get his thoughts not only on his season, but on what's going on around him. So uh, it was great to see him represent the Panthers and Andrew Burnett as well, represent the Panthers and represent the Panthers well out there. Bruno looked like he was having a blast. Behind the bench, Bruno was living it up. He was having a great time, and that's another well-deserved 
honor there. It's it's cool to have an all-star coach. It, it really is. It, it, the Panthers, of course, had it. What was that? 15-16 with uh, Gerard Gallant. Yep. So that's always a cool thing to have your coach there. And I feel like for Bruno, hopefully he was picking up some notes on the guys on the bench there because we got to go through a couple of those guys to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. So especially Austin Matthews, we haven't played the Leafs yet, so maybe he got a little insights there. Maybe that's why I put him with Hubie. Put Hubie out there to find some weaknesses in his game out there. But um, I thought that was cool. The game was fine. I honestly thought it was maybe the most, I, I was talking to you about this earlier, the most competitive All-Star game I've seen in a while. It seems like all the guys, obviously not given 100% it's an All-Star game, but the highest percentage I've seen them give in a lot of years. So that was pretty cool to see. I thought the competition was great. Some tight games, some nice goals. Um, but the skills competition, I still don't know how I feel about the skills competition, Doug. What do you think? For me on the skills competition, and I am a little bit old school, admittedly. because You're old school in everything. Though. Yes, I am. <laughs> because the old school events, give me the hardest shot, give me the fastest skater. I like the accuracy shooting where they would shoot at the, at the targets. Uh, but... Hardest shot, fastest skater. Give me those two, and I am good. Those are the two I need. Because, and this is the way, and everything else is fun. And I, you know, I understand coming up with different things to maybe make it unique to the setting, unique to the market, something like that. But I guess I look at it from this perspective. During a game, during a broadcast, I'll reference that a guy has an absolute cannon from the point because we've seen it at the All-Star game on display. I'll reference that a guy won the hardest shot competition. I'll reference that a guy won the fastest skater competition at some point in time. Certain elements in the skills competition, I can't really reference during a game. It doesn't really lend itself to anything. But I've re- just to throw it in, I referenced before that Kevin Connaughton won the AHL All-Star Games Hardest Shot competition back in 2012 because I just think when you can uncork it like that and it's been clocked on a radar gun, I just think that's the stuff that really matters. Yeah, I think Hardest Shot and Fastest Skater are two things, like you said. Those They're two, functional. Those two in yep. particular you remember as, like, that's pretty cool the guy got that. But uh, this year I, I, I do like the, the breakaway challenge and I do like that – there's kind of more pageantry now than there was in years past. All the guys seem to be going a little bit harder on it. I think that's the younger generation coming in. Jack Hughes with the, the mini Jack and Zegris with the dodgeball blindfold goal, which should have won. But John Hamm, Mr. Madman, came in with Petrangelo's 19-point uh, uh, no goal there, which kind of swung things. Um, but I think that's taking steps in the right direction. I think that's going to produce some good highlights and help some of these guys become household names with you know highlights and clips that end up on social and go viral and things like that. Um, but the special, special events like the uh, the Blackjack 21 and the Bellagio Fountains, which Huberto participated in the Fountain Faceoff, were neat, but I they both felt a little empty. Felt like there was just something missing there that could have put them over the top. Um, like the whole time they were doing the Fountain Faceoff, it, it was looked cool for a second, but then it was just kind of dead air. It was kind of dull just watching the guys try and get those pucks in. So a cool spectacle, but maybe not a complete event. And I, I do like that they're trying it, though. I do like that they're thinking outside the box. And I'm sure we're going to have some great outside-the-box ideas and things with us here next year in South Florida. But I feel like um, it's progress, but it's not there yet. And when I look back at what I remember watching just as a fan throughout my life in the All-Star Game, and what I see when you see the highlights, when they want to throw the nostalgia at you, we're not seeing any of the invented the, the gimmick events. What we're seeing are highlights from... Ray Bork knocking off all four in the accuracy shooting. We're seeing Sergey Fedorov tearing around the rink, or Mike Gartner when they were the fastest skaters back in the 90s. We're seeing Ally Afraidy uncork it with like a 103.4 mile an hour slap shot. Those are the highlights that we're seeing from back in the day. We're not seeing, th- those are the traditional events. I guess that's why I really gravitate toward the traditional events, but that's why I gravitate toward the traditional events of pretty much everything. One thing I would like to see, I would like to see more alumni involved in the All-Star game. 
I would like to see maybe like an alumni team competing with the other divisions. Maybe the winning team. All the Vegas alumni, alumni still play. Not that, but if you could get <laughs> like guys that aren't, aren't even like that far removed, you know, like guys that are maybe you know retired in the last you know ten years or so. If you want a golden, that's fine. Wayne, Wayne can probably still get out there and give you some minutes. But I think it'd be fun to have a couple. They used to do something Solani, like that. Get, get some good, like some old timer, good household names out there to mess around because they're not in danger. It's the All Star Game. There's no contact. Now, like, I don't know what they called it. They used to do something like that, and I remember watching it as a as a kid. You well, know, they do things it, like that for like the Heritage Classic and stuff sometimes. And I remember or, seeing, yeah, they used to do something like that at the All Star Game, and I forget what they called it, but I just remember being really impressed with Lanny McDonald. He still had the mustache. Yeah, and he like, still looked like he could guys. play. Like, he still looked like guys. he could play. And we're talking, you know, at that point in time, would have been 15 years removed from his career. Or even even if you don't put him in. The game i think each event should have an like an old timer in it like i want to see like wayne in the accuracy shooting or like you said you put get like uc yoken in out of retirement throw him in fastest skater or something i just want to see a little bit more touching on the past with each event i think it'd be fun what we, we could do uh our, we could do a territory talk skills competition we could we, we, we got a lot of fun things we could do next year i mean it's not necess- it, it doesn't have to just be limited toward uh, the prediction segment yeah. but uh there's lots of different things it's going to be an evolving process and uh I, all i got to say is a uh, round of applause to the league for uh, another job well done another good event so yeah but it's going to uh, be better next yeah, year and it's going to be uh, it's even be, better next yeah, year it's going to be huge it's going to be down here in south florida so uh we invite everybody to come out and uh, and uh, check out the festivities and keep your eye on floridapanthers.com for all the developments as the next year goes along and, and it's, we it's my goal to meet, that event it's my goal to meet john ham next year because i'm assuming he's going to be there john ham's officially i think an nhl employee at this point he's everywhere the NHL wow is. well maybe, maybe so if i can meet don draper next year i'll be happy not chris draper i want to meet don draper chris might be here yep <laughs> tag along yeah could be here <laughs> but doug um yeah i think that's it for the all-star game i think that's all you really need to say you know hubie made us proud some things worked, some things didn't. Uh, the Zegers goal, I think, is good for the NHL. I think that's going to some, make some waves and hopefully create some new fans. So I think that's maybe the biggest thing to come out of All-Star Weekend. Uh, but overall, you know, nice to see Claude Giroux still, still you know, kicking butt out there, mm-hmm. when, winning a Honda. It's always nice to leave with the official car of the NHL when you go he to He might Vegas. be driving that car to his next team at some <laughs> he point He might time. be. He might be. But um, like you said, we have a great guest on this week. We have Pete Jensen, uh, the senior fantasy editor for NHL.com. He's been on the show before. He was at All-Star Weekend. He did a great story on Jonathan Huberto. So we're going to ask him about Hubie, about Mason Marchman, just All-Star Weekend and a couple other good things. And of course, like we said, 2023 ASG coming to South Florida. So once again, Territory Talk, as always, presented by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And here is that conversation with Pete Jensen. So Pete Jensen joining us here on Territory Talk once again. Pete, first of all, thanks very much for your time. I know you're coming back from the NHL All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas. So why don't we start right there? I know we've got a lot to cover with you as far as this Panthers team is concerned and getting your perspective on the Panthers and how they played so far, but uh, a chance to experience the NHL all-star weekend. How did it all go for, go for you out there? Oh, it was really awesome. I mean, we did our first two live shows ever on the NHL fantasy on ice podcast with myself and Nick Alberga. And we had a bunch of guests talking fantasy, talking some sports betting, some awards races some futures plays for the stanley cup and as you guys of course could imagine the florida panthers were a big topic (laughs) of discussion especially jonathan huberto i got to talk to some of the best players in the nhl about what they think about this guy and the panthers at large and turns out a lot of these guys even though they play in markets far far away have taken notice of what he's been doing 
Yeah, I, I remember back, I think it was the All-Star Game in Tampa. I was there, and I just kind of went around to all the guys at Media Day and asked them, you know, what do you think of Alexander Barkov? So I'm happy you took over the mantle this year of asking all the guys <laughs> about how good Huberto is because I think, Pretty much. yes, he's kind of still underrated, even though he is leading the league in scoring. He's on, you know, arguably the best team in hockey right now. But when you talk to guys, I, I read your article at NHL.com. Uh, for the listeners out there, go check it out, NHL.com. Um, but to hear Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel and those guys, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from what you heard from other guys about Jonathan Huberto? Well, I think Austin Matthews was maybe the guy that was most vocal about it. I mean, those guys were saying that the Panthers have been on fire, the Oilers guys, uh, but Matthews was the guy that actually got to play with them in the All-Star game and uh, was really impressed coming in. And, you know, obviously they one of them scored, the other one assisted, and then vice versa in the first period of their All-Star mini game. So, yeah, I think Matthews was the guy that he flat out said it, that, you know, maybe he's not so underrated anymore. And it was a great quote at the end of that article that I think bodes well for the second half, because if you're really going to consider in a uh, futures play, Jonathan Huberto either to win the Art Ross for the scoring title and or the Hart Trophy, um, you want to know that there's actual perception out there, that it's not like you're just taking a blind flyer on a guy that may not actually win the award. I think he still has a long way to go. And obviously still Alexander Ovechkin is a guy that uh, maybe has that narrative because he's been arguably the greatest goal scorer of this generation, maybe all time. And he's actually producing the points where he's right in the race. So I think Ovi might win the award uh, when it's all said and, and done, but we'll see how the Panthers can uh, adapt here in the second half. Obviously, this is not something where they need to run away with the President's Trophy because the President's Trophy doesn't always translate. And it'll be interesting to see how much longer this crazy scoring pace for their depth forwards continues. And just on a personal note for you, like you said, uh, you were able to do the the uh, Fantasy and Ice podcast uh, live with Nico Berger, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago. You, you had a ton of guests. Right. Who was your favorite guest that maybe you talked to at All-Star Weekend? Ah, that's tough. I mean, I loved so many of them. Uh, I think probably the one that stuck out was uh, this guy, Todd Furman. Uh, he's based out in Vegas. He's big on betting all kinds of different sports. He's a former odds maker uh, turned podcast host. And, you know, it was a guy we've never had on the show before, but a guy that was very tuned in to everything going on around the league. And I think that speaks to where the industry's going uh, the guy's been covering hockey betting for a long time, but he's, he was able to see things come full circle in Las Vegas, which has always been a home for that type of stuff. But now it's also a crazed hockey market uh, where you saw really, honestly, even with the Pro Bowl there this weekend, you saw I think you saw more hockey jerseys than you did football jerseys. It's a hockey market. It's got two uh, magnificent arenas between the Raiders one and the Golden Knights one. And I think Todd Furman, people should go and check out that interview. Uh, it was actually the last one that we did on the Sunday show. And um, it just gives you a great sense of all the awards races, uh, which teams might be fool's gold based on analytics. So he kind of combined analytics and eye test and everything in between and translated it to the betting market really nicely. Pete Jensen here with us. And Pete, just as far as 
the media were concerned, the fans, when it was announced that the All-Star festivities would be in South Florida next year. What was everybody's uh, reaction to that? From what we picked up, it seemed like there was a good deal of excitement around that. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, we've seen it a couple of times with uh, the All-Star game being when it was in San Jose. It was beautiful weather for January when it was in Tampa years back. I wasn't down there, but heard great things about that. Uh, you know, the past couple have been in St. Louis and, and Vegas, which, uh, to be honest, they've both been very cold. So I think it's going to be <laughs> awesome to see. You know, they were great, memorable weekends for me from a work standpoint and personal standpoint. Uh, I think they're two of the best hockey markets in the country. But I do think that it's pretty nice in the middle of the winter for most of the people around America and especially up in Canada uh, to get some warmer weather and stuff like that. And what better time, right, than now for the Florida Panthers to host something like that? I know they were supposed to host it two years ago, and it got spoiled, of course, like so many other things did uh, because of the pandemic. But um, this is an even better time, I think, next year for them to host it because they're one of the cream-of-the-crop teams in the league right now. Yeah, and looking out the window, it's sunny and about 80 degrees, so I think everyone in the, the hockey world is <laughs> going to love coming down here uh, next February. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest perk for us, too, is it means we get some extra All-Stars. We only had one this year, probably should have had a couple more, but the host team always gets <laughs> three or four. a couple more, yeah. yeah so we'll yeah. definitely get a couple more. We're excited about that. But, Pete, i got to ask, closing the book on the All-Star game here a little bit, just some big moments, obviously the fountain face-up at the Bellagio. You had the Zegras blindfold goal. You had the, the Jack Hughes mini-Jack, Claude Giroux winning MVP of the game. Just personally, maybe what was your biggest one, kind of biggest moment you think from All-Star Weekend for yourself? Uh, my favorite was the Zegras thing. I, I couldn't believe that he actually executed that uh, with a blindfold on. And then hearing his interview after the game, he said that he had never tried that move. I, I believe him. He's a, <laughs> he seems like a really uh, talented guy and a very creative guy. So he came up with something fun. He, he brought the, the dodgeball-type storyline into it, which is awesome. I, I love that movie. But uh, from a hockey standpoint, I think he gives the whole game and sport itself a higher gear to reach because he's flashy, he's fun, uh, he's confident. And I think he's instantly made the Anaheim Ducks uh, one of the most surprising teams in the league this year, taking them kind of from a, you know, you don't want to say dull, but the past couple of years, the style of play, the lack of firepower offensively, it's been lacking with that franchise. So now it's back full force. And every couple of weeks, you see a new uh, dazzling performance by Trevor Zegras with the, you know, the flip flipped the puck over the net one earlier than the lacrosse style uh, backhand one and then now this uh this wild play if you haven't seen it you got to check it out and you got to keep tabs on what zegris is doing on a nightly basis if you're a hockey fan in any market in north america right now yeah one of many really exciting young players in the league right now and i want to bring it back to the panthers here pete uh, and we look right now at the time of this recording it was just announced that uh, mason marchment one of the nhl's three stars of the week and i know you're a guy who's been high on him and excited about him for a bit yeah i got a point i gotta jump in here and point this out that Pete slid into my DMs a, a little bit ago. This is probably two days before the six-point game, and he just said to me, you know, you know Mason Marchman's looking like the real deal here. Because at the time, he was already heating up. He was playing well. But I, I want to point out that Pete was on the Mason Marchman yeah. gravy train before the six-point game. He was, yeah. he was an early adopter. Pete, you were, you were on Mason Marchman uh, early on, but 
what has excited you the most about the way he's played what's captured your attention the most and it's a it's a great story too for a guy who's kind of become one of those late bloomers who now looks like he's going to be uh, just a, a really good player in the league for a while yeah he's definitely got a little edge to him he's uh super confident he's playing with Anton Lindell which helps I don't know if there's a third line center in the entire NHL that stacks up to Anton Lindell to be honest with you um Huberto spoke very highly of him I know you guys were on Marchman and Lindell even earlier than I was <laughs> that's so, our job though <laughs> uh, I know you guys I know you guys are uh, around the team a lot and stuff like that so definitely like to keep tabs with you guys and see uh what you're noticing along the way but yeah, Marchman was that was definitely one of my proudest uh, waiver wire picks. We do it on Mondays uh, each week, and I picked him up in one league, and I also have Lindell in that league, and they got me what a combined eleven points in one game on a Monday. That'll set the table nicely for especially a short week right before the All Star break. Right, it's a it's a two week scoring period in fantasy this week, so technically right now is the same week, but. I got a nice little head start thanks to those two guys last Monday. <laughs> and on that, I got to ask, because obviously your, your bread and butter is fantasy hockey, first and foremost. Um, you've been, you know, pumping the tires here on Mason Marchment. Obviously, it's been working out. He's been getting a ton of points. But how do you maybe look at guys like Mason Marchment, who really aren't on the power play, only playing about 13 minutes a night, but still manage to get all these points with the minutes they're given? And kind of how do you weigh that against guys that maybe have more opportunities but are producing less? Yeah, there are a couple of third liners out there. Um, I know we were talking about the rookie Lundell. There's another one in Nashville, Tanner Janot. You kind of just let them build up their case a little bit if you're in a standard league. If you're in a deeper league, then you're inclined to pick up one of those guys based off of a span of two or three games even at the least. But, you know, you also want to, you know, not get too high on that because, in a standard league or a shallow league, smaller one, because uh, then you might drop someone good who's on the first power play, who's in the top six, and more often than not, that does translate really well. We've seen it in years past from different guys around the league returning value on the third line, and then a lot of them step up when injuries mount for certain teams and end up putting forth a really nice body of work when it's all said and done. But I think if you're looking at third liners who are not on the first power play it has to be from a very strong team like the st louis blues like the florida panthers like the minnesota wild those are the teams this season that i'm tapping into third liners regardless of what they're doing on the power play or not doing uh, because a lot of those guys are getting great five on five opportunities great plus minuses uh, nice peripheral coverage in marchman's case and uh, that's all you need uh, to go about your day <laughs> And Pete, just looking ahead now at the second half, we call it the second half, even though the Panthers have played over half of their games. It's going to be a sprint to the finish, right. and they're in that uh, top tier of teams, you know, vying for the best record, vying for the Atlantic Division crown, which there's certainly a lot of incentive on uh, on winning that division as far as what the potential playoff matchups could be. As you cover the game from from a national perspective, you look at this Panthers team and what they could accomplish going down the stretch. You've talked about how many goals they score. They're going to be in a tight playoff race. Sergei Bobrovsky's been outstanding. What are some of the things you're looking for from this Panthers team as they make a, a final push down the stretch? Well, I mean, they got to stay healthy because that's the most important thing. If you're going to face Tampa again, 
you know, we hope that Ekblad will be there this time, but if someone else is missing, that could be a problem. As much as Florida is probably either Florida or Colorado's the deepest team in the league right now uh, in each respective conference, you got to, you know, make sure you have your guys ready to go at the right time of year. That goes for Colorado. It goes for Nazem Kadri for them. It goes for the Florida Panthers to make sure Barkov, Huberto, Ekblad, are healthy, and then you move from there, right? You've, you've seen the versatility of Sam Reinhart. Uh, Sam Bennett has been awesome when healthy this year or not suspended, but <laughs> Sam Bennett is another one. I think Sam Bennett needs to be there for, for the biggest games, like he was last year, but he did, you know, what he got suspended for one game, and mm-hmm. then this year he had a three-game suspension in the regular season. So those are the types of key things, uh, the discipline, good health, and then I think teams like Florida and, and uh, Colorado maybe could even meet each other in the finals like they did uh, a couple decades ago. So that's what I'm looking forward to uh, because like Huberto said and Brunette said, they were saying, you know, as much as we're building everything in the right direction right now, we're on top of the world, things can change very quickly in the first round of the playoffs. We see some major upsets every year, and it doesn't matter if you're in first or eighth. Uh, come playoff time in the NHL, you could, uh, you know, you can get disappointed really quickly all of a sudden. Pete Jensen, NHL.com senior fantasy editor. We thank you very much for stopping by the show again, Pete, uh, and offering up your great insight. If you want to tell everybody out there where they can find you, uh, go right ahead. We'd love to uh, be able to send some traffic your way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I, I was on earlier in the preseason, and I feel like that show has aged well because we were talking about yep, how you exactly get like five or six panthers on your fantasy team so it's great to be on with you uh, to catch up follow me at nhl jensen on twitter and instagram at nhl fantasy on twitter and instagram how uh, we take a lot of fan questions we incorporate them into our segments on nhl network our podcasts twice a week monday and thursday nhl fantasy on ice so again check out the shows we did over the weekend whether you like fantasy, sports betting, DFS, or even if you're just a general hockey fan who's all hyped up about the Panthers these days <laughs> and you want to get to get to know the rest of the league a little bit better, I think our show is a great resource for that. So thanks again for having me on and look forward to catching up with you guys. Who knows, maybe uh, deeper in the playoffs or something uh, come spring. We love that. We'll put it on the calendar, uh, Pete. Uh, thanks again for stopping by. Big thanks, Pete Jensen, for stopping by here on Territory Talk once again. NHL.com Senior Fantasy Editor, great to have him on the show once again. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And, well, the Panthers in a bit of a lull as far as the schedule is concerned. They'll be back at it on the road on the 16th of this month against the Carolina Hurricanes. What a way to come out of the break. They're going to hit the ice against Carolina and what could be an Eastern Conference final preview. So uh, a chance to see the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Then the Panthers will be at Minnesota on the 18th. That's a Friday night at Chicago 
on the 20th. That's a Sunday afternoon game for the Panthers against the Blackhawks. Then back home to take on the Nashville Predators. 7 o'clock on Tuesday, the 22nd. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, 954-835-PUCK to get your tickets. The first of three home games remaining before the end of February. So that's how the schedule lines up for the Panthers. Again, all that information for tickets and the schedule. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com. We hope to see you out at FLA Live Arena often throughout the rest of the campaign. It is going to be a sprint to the finish as the games get to mean more and more each and every night. So that's what lies ahead for the Florida Panthers. No predictions to get to this week. And we neither of us got points coming up. Yeah, ne- no, neither of us got points uh, last week. And I am, for the record, I am just going to keep letting Aaron Ekblad power play goal ride until it happens. Yes. I feel bad. <laughs> I do feel bad. I feel some remorse. I, I Since I said that, uh, it just hasn't happened. You might be jinxing things. Um, But I feel like now I have to just leave that bet on the table and let it ride and hope that it Hope that it comes through at some point in time, and hope you hopefully you haven't built up too much of a cushion as far as the points are concerned. Six four right now. Yeah, by the time that he does Not get big. a power play goal, so that's where we are with the prediction segment. Uh, that's going to take a, a little bit of a, hi- a hiatus this week. No action on the ice for the Florida Panthers. Of course, we had the great All Star festivities, but uh, hockey operations still hard at work, Jameson, and they signed a goaltender this week. Yeah, Matt Guzda. Um... You know, a name that I think, if you follow junior hockey, you know by now, because his name's kind of been in, in the the headlines and the rumor mill for a bit here. Uh, undrafted free agent, uh, 21 years old, playing for the Barry Colts right now. Uh, and the Panthers locked him up to an entry-level contract. And like I said, this was a highly coveted goaltender um, that a lot of teams wanted, but the Panthers got him. And we, we kind of been talking about that for a while now. The Panthers are now becoming that destination, not just for free agents and NHL players, but prospects as well that really like the pipeline and like what the organization's doing and want to be a part of what's going on here in South Florida. But if Matt Gusta sounds familiar, it's because he was actually at D-Camp here, I remember, in 2019 as an invite. So uh, you might have seen him before. He's a giant out there, like I said, 6'5", 205, around that area. Um, And I remember just seeing him back then. I'm like, that's a big guy. I don't know much about him, but that's a big goaltender right there. And now here we are, you know, three years later or so, two and a half, three years later, uh, and he's a part of the organization. So those D-camps, even though sometimes maybe it seems like a guy just pops in and out, you can leave an impression and yep. you, can, you, you can stick around in the minds of an organization. But the OHL goaltender of the month in January and December, so he's racking up the accolades. Like I said, this is a guy that a lot of teams wanted. The Panthers got him. And I, I think we're at the point now where when the Panthers pick a goaltender at this point, you got to like him because – you know the guys picking him are Roberto Luongo, Francois Larry, Leo Luongo, Rob Tallis, the, and then just everyone else in hockey ops. But the goaltending excellence department has already done a great job finding these goaltenders. We saw what they did, obviously, with Devin Levi, who's you know playing great and now you know was used to require Sam Reinhardt, mm-hmm. who's just lighting it up here in South Florida. The Panthers are turning goaltenders into great assets right now. Whether they play in South Florida or not, they're identifying great talents. They're molding them. They're turning them into good assets. And Matt Gusta, like I said, only 21 years old. You lock him up to an entry-level contract. You're going to find out where he's going over the next couple of years, and I really do like that signing for the Panthers. Yeah, great signing. And, uh, again, you always keep the, the hockey operations department always keeping its eyes open on uh, on talent that's out there that could help the overall depth of the organization. So, uh, and he's from Knoxville, find. Tennessee, which yes. is interesting. Yeah, born in Knoxville, Tennessee. How many, so. how many NHL players? from Knoxville, Tennessee. I, st- I stayed in Knoxville once. I've been. I Drove. didn't become a hockey player, though. No, neither did I. We stayed <laughs> at a... We, we were driving on our baseball trip, me and the uh, radio voice of the Tucson Roadrunners, Adrian Denny, at the time. It was 2015. We drove from Cincinnati to Atlanta, and we stopped in Knoxville at about 4 o'clock in the morning, 
and it was after the hotel had already done their nightly audit, and we got lectured by the person at the front desk about why we uh, needed to to book through the hotel and not through a third party. So it w- it turned into not how we wanted to spend the wee hours of that morning, but uh, eventually we got so up. So you're moved, never going back to Knoxville? We got up, saying. moved on to Atlanta. No, it was, it was fine. You Other were lectured that, in Knoxville, uh, and you're done with it We now. did get lectured at the hotel. Everything was fine, <laughs> though. We didn't lose our reservation. We didn't lose any money. We didn't get canceled. We didn't have to sleep in the car. Everything was fine. Everybody lived to tell about it. But like I said, you know, Matt Guzda, newest member of the Panthers pipeline, uh, really bolstering that goaltending depth. And we did have a chance to talk to him after he did sign. So here's just a little bit from Mac about his decision to sign with the Panthers. I had some some really good conversations with their staff. And then, you know, I've, I've been to development camp in Florida. I have a good feel for the culture. You know, I've worked with their goalie coaches and, you know, everything from my time there made me feel like I was at home. So that was a, uh, a really good, really good feel while I was there and, you know, some great conversations over the last uh, week here. And, you know, I was, I was really excited for the opportunity. Yeah. The whole, the whole staff does a really great job. Um, you know, I was down there for, for a week for development camp and, you know, I, I wasn't drafted or anything like that. And, you know, they made me feel, feel like a part of it, feel like, you know, I just had a really, a really close feel. Everyone in the organization is really close and it, you know, it, it just feels like, you know, a, a big, you know, Florida Panthers family, if that makes sense. So it's, you know, they've got a great winning culture as well. Obviously, they're developing players, you know, winning games. So it's 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 really exciting. And I, you know, look forward to contributing in any way possible. Um, You know, it's, it's definitely the goal. You know, think about it again. I said it's been my goal my whole life is to play in the OH, or play in the NHL. Sorry. Um, they, they do a great job with their goalies, as you said. So, again, obviously the end goal for me it's to play in the nhl and and to play for a long time but right now i'm just you know taking it day by day you know right now i'm i'm with the barry colts and you know i'm looking forward to hopefully having a long a long season here a long playoff run and you know when i get when i get there they have a great staff that's going to work with me and and i can't wait to look to work with those guys and you know they've done a great job with their goalies and you know i i'm really excited so great to hear from Mac there. Like I said, obviously excited to be a part of the Panthers organization. We're excited to have him. Excited to see him, uh, I guess, in the upcoming offseason uh, when the, when rookie camp gets started here, D camp, all those good things come back to the, the Panthers ice den. But, Doug, I think that about wraps it up for today. We, we Even in off weeks, we always even find ways week, to yeah. fill, fill the time. Plenty of material. Plenty going on in Panther land. And, of course, uh, the Panthers gearing up for a big sprint to the finish. The big news this week that the All-Star game is coming to South Florida next year. Also, the recognition for Mason Marchment, one of the NHL's stars of the week, as that was, uh, at the time of this recording, just announced. And uh, great job. Congratulations again, not only to Mason Marchment, but to uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, Andrew Burnett, for the uh, great uh, display that they all put on at the All-Star festivities in Las Vegas over the weekend. We can't wait to see the Panthers resume things coming up on the 16th when they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to be a road game for the Panthers. The next Panthers home game, as I mentioned, the 22nd. That's a Tuesday against Nashville. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. That's going to wrap this one up. Big thanks once again to Pete Jensen for stopping by the show. Also, uh, thanks to Matt Gusta for taking some time to uh, address
address the media upon his signing with the Panthers. Congratulations once again to him. And again, big thanks to all of you for stopping by, for tuning into Territory Talk this week. By the way, you can always find it at floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk. If this was your first time listening, you can find all the archived episodes there, and you can find Territory Talk wherever you find your podcasts. We have new episodes coming your way each and every week. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.